5, verses 5 and 6. Happy are people who are hungry, because they will inherit the earth. Happy are people who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, because they will be fed until they are full. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you. Friends, will you please pray with me and for me? Holy Spirit, you are here. Holy Spirit, speak to us as a faith community and speak the word that each of us individually needs to hear. Holy Spirit, may all that I say point us toward greater union and intimacy with you, the lover of our souls. Amen. So this week, I did something potentially unwise. Perhaps even a little foolhardy. It was something I was worried was going to lead me down a rabbit hole, a never-ending rabbit hole. Yet, curiosity had struck. So I gave in, and I did something bold. I began the process of writing this message with a Google search. Now Google has the tendency to give you more than you would like at times. Google is like a buffet at Golden Corral where something, sometimes you have to go searching for the really good stuff. God forbid you fill up on the meatloaf that has been sitting out for an hour when fresh steaks are just across the room. Sometimes with your Google search, what you need may be on page 18. And sometimes it's just right there on page one, right in front of you. And luckily, for me, this time in this search, it was the latter. I googled the word meek. 42,600,000 results came up. And the first definition pretty much hit right where I expected it to. Now, our common English Bible in the scripture that was just read doesn't say the word meek. It says the word humble. And some other translations even translate it as gentle. But other translations use meek. And I've always been drawn to that word. Because at least in my experience, meek doesn't come up in daily conversations. It's not exactly a clear meaning. 
For me, at least, the image that comes up when I think of meat is this little child in rags, pouring up a bowl, just begging for a scrap of food. Truthfully, meek gives an image of something kind of pathetic. And that's what Google confirmed for me, as the first definition that came up defines meek as quiet, gentle, easily imposed on, submissive. Sounds about right. except Jesus disagrees. The word Jesus uses here, or at least that the Bible, in our translation, the Bible uses, is this Greek word pros. And there are two individuals who are kind of named with this word throughout the Bible. Throughout the Bible. Not surprisingly, Jesus is one of them. The other one is an Old Testament hero, Moses. So I got to thinking, what are some of Jesus's and Moses's defining moments? And do they relate to this Google definition of meek? Was Jesus quiet when he told a rich young ruler to sell all that he had and give it to the poor? Was Jesus submissive when he was in the temple driving out corrupt business people? Was Jesus easily imposed upon when Martha came running up to him and was upset that he had been there to help her brother Lazarus and was saying, where are you? Then there's Moses. Was Moses quiet when he stood up to Pharaoh, demanding, demanding the end of the oppression of his Hebrew people? And was Moses then submissive to Pharaoh when Pharaoh's answer was no? Was Moses gentle? when his friends later tried to orchestrate a coup against him when things weren't going so hot in this endless journey in the desert? Was Moses easily imposed on as people complained incessantly and wanted to go back to Egypt as he kept trying to push them through the wilderness? Perhaps we need to rethink this idea of meek. Perhaps it's not just that poor beggar child accepting scraps. Perhaps it's not just accepting the status quo of the way things are when injustice is rampant. Perhaps meekness isn't just keeping the peace, and frankly, there are issues that need to be dealt with. You know, what's interesting about this Greek word that the Bible uses here, that word pros, um, 
is that the Greek philosopher Aristotle later looked at it too and came to this definition of it. He describes it as the proper ground between anger and angerlessness. The proper ground between being angry and never experiencing anger. Pastor and scholar William Barclay describes this beatitude as saying, Blessed is the person who is always angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. Friends, what we can discover about meekness from Jesus and Moses. Now, Moses might have gotten this wrong sometime, too. But meek people can and perhaps even should, at certain points, get angry. Especially when it is at the expense of God's righteousness, which we will get to in just another few minutes. But, meek people do not let their anger control them. They are not driven by anger driven by love. To really understand what Jesus is saying here in this first beatitude we're looking at, we need to remember at what point in history is he talking to and whom is he talking to? He's talking to Jews who had just lost their land they were under the thumb of the Roman Empire. So when Jesus says the meek will inherit the earth, they hear good news. We are going to regain our land. Our dignity is going to be restored. But there's a catch that, frankly, I don't think they got at first. The way that happens is not through violence, it's not through force, it's through meekness. It's the lesson these ancient Jews and frankly all of us today need to hear, but that we don't really want to hear. It's that we don't get our inheritance through power. These Jews are being told that they will receive their blessing through restrained strength that surrenders out of love. It's a complete flip of how we expect to receive blessing, how we expect to be happy. Go out and conquer. Go out and... Be strong. Don't submit back. Don't hold back. That's how you will be blessed. But as author and former professor Ellsworth Callis writes, we think happiness is to be found in the display of power. But Jesus taught that happiness is found in the restraint of whatever power we may have. 
This is what meekness is. Strength that chooses to limit itself out of love. And that's a strength that recognizes it does not have a darn thing to prove to anybody. And friends, the ultimate meekness we see, the ultimate example we see of meekness is Jesus riding in on that donkey on Palm Sunday, an animal that symbolized peace as the crowd was hoping and expecting an armed guard escort with him riding in on a war horse that would overthrow the government. But him riding on a donkey, that's a significant act. And it was meek. Meekness means we recognize our strength and power. But we don't lord it over others or proclaim how great we are. Meekness takes the posture of serving. Meekness washes feet. Meekness eats dinner with alleged lowlifes. Meekness tells your enemies, in this case it was Jews in their relationship with the Roman soldiers, we won't just carry your bag for one mile, we'll do it for two. We won't just give you our outer cloak, we'll give you our inner one. As Diedrich Bonhoeffer writes in his amazing book, The Cost of Discipleship, the meek yield their ground. And yet meekness isn't timid. Meekness isn't unassertive. Meekness isn't quiet. Meekness isn't necessarily being shy or being a wallflower. Meekness is boldness. A boldness to live into the beautiful creation God made us to be in using it for good and not selfish gain. Meekness embraces a gentle strength. And the meek use their strength for causes of righteousness. Righteousness, that's another one of those words that you don't hear too often outside of church. And even in church, you know, I don't think we're going to go up to each other and say, hey, how right, how righteous have you been feeling lately? It's not really our MO. So what is righteousness? Some say justice. Some say piety. They're both right. The reality of our faith and what we see in the life of Jesus is that we can't separate personal righteousness, how we're developing as an individual in character, developing the fruits of the spirit, joy, kindness, love. That personal piety can't be separated from social righteousness, working on transforming the world, living into the fullness of God's kingdom here and now. Righteousness is where spiritual formation and causes of justice meld together to form a combination 
that frankly, when they're lived into, the world doesn't know what to do with it yet. And yet it draws them in. They become curious about it. Righteousness is devoted to living in ways that reflect who Jesus is, and it also reveals to us our responsibility of advocating for all of humanity. Friends, we cannot proclaim to be living righteously and place justice on the back burner. We can't proclaim to be seeking righteousness and not be concerned with those who have been placed on the margins of society, those who have been and experienced depression. Now, what do those words mean? Marginalized, depressed. Here's an example. It means when someone is marginalized, you place them in the corner. Tell them, this is where a place to belong. Don't try to get out. It's a marginalization of their personhood. Putting them in a place where we don't see them on a daily basis. So they won't bother us. And what Jesus does is take those who have been placed at the margins of society and he brings them back to the center, welcomes them into the full fellowship of the church in a life with Jesus. Jesus gives preference there. Doesn't mean he loves anybody else any less, but it means there's a preference for who Jesus seeks first. Because we live in a broken world that has put some at the margins that don't have full access like the rest of us. And here's the beauty of it. When we care about those individuals, when we truly have compassion, enter into their world, advocate for their causes, here in this beatitude, Jesus says, we will be satisfied. I think that's because righteousness gives us something greater than ourselves to be a part of. It gives us a purpose that's worth getting up for in the morning. It's a gift where we get to be the fulfillment of the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray when he says, for God's kingdom to be on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, meekness and righteousness are a gift. Now, they don't feel that way at first. <laughs> it's kind of like we said last week. These Beatitudes kind of reflect the teaching that Jacob says in Genesis 28 16, surely God is in this place, but I didn't see it. God shows up in the places where we least expect. Because we don't expect an all-powerful God to choose restraint and enter into meekness. But that's where we find restoration. We don't expect to find God in righteousness, working for justice in ways that don't seem to have any immediate benefit to us. But that is where we are satisfied. 
Friends, God is in these Beatitudes. And God invites us toward meekness and righteousness. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Friends, today we are invited to a table that is designed for the meek. This is the table where we are nurtured for righteousness and justice. And friends, you are welcome here, whether you're at home or here. God's grace is everywhere to meet you. This is a dinner party in Jesus' honor. And when Jesus hosts a party, Jesus shows up to that party. Now, it doesn't matter if you've partied with Jesus a thousand times, five times, or no times. You are welcome to respond to his invitation today and partake of this communion. We practice what we call an open table here, which means that if you are even the least bit hungry for God, which frankly, if you are worshiping today wherever you are, that shows you are hungry for God. So you are welcome to partake of communion with us. But before we arrive at the dinner party, we have to get ready for it, right? That's what you got to do for any party. You have to prepare yourselves for it. And the way we do that here at the church is through a work called liturgy. This is just the work of the people to prepare ourselves before we come before God. Now, if you're worshiping online, you can find the liturgy on our Facebook page on the post below. And if you're here, the liturgy is in your program. So will you please join me in our liturgy this morning, which comes from Is It Communion Sunday Already by Mary Cyphers and B.J. Bowe. Friends, come to the table of blessing. Here it may be another insert in your program for those. Have we found it? Okay. So, here the poor are made rich. The hungry are fed. Those who thirst for righteousness drink their fill. Uh, yes, it appears. So that is not helpful, is it? So I'm going to allow the two people, at least, who have the correct ones, uh, to boldly say it. We're not going to 
Um, for today, we're going to... Yes. So let's... Come to the table of blessing. Here the poor are made rich. The hungry are fed. Those who thirst for righteousness drink their fill. The meek inherit the earth. With compassionate fire and mercy. Say it loudly, say it boldly, McGuire family. The pure of heart see God. The peacemakers are honored as children of God. Come to the table of blessing. All are welcome. Here we find Christ. And now this, hopefully some of you can say along if you've heard it before. Friends, the Lord be with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. This is right. Very good. It is right, a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, bringer of justice and righteousness. In the ancient days, you created us in your image to be reflections of your justice and peace in the world. When we fell short and wandered away from your path of righteousness and love, you held, us, you held our hand. Walk with us in mercy and compassion. You called us to be your people, invited us to walk humbly beside you. Even when we turned away, you continued to walk with us, calling us back to your path of justice and love. Through the words of your prophets and the visions of your poets and storytellers, in the fullness of time, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to reveal your gracious presence in the world and to show us the way of peace. You anoint us with your blessing and trust and call us to bless our communities with your love, your compassion, your justice, and your truth. And so with your people on earth, and all the company of heaven, we praise your name, and join their unending hymn, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. With joy and gratitude, we break this bread. Remembering the many times Jesus blessed his disciples in the breaking of the bread. In remembrance, we will take and eat this bread and reflect upon your blessed presence, a presence that fills our souls and leaves us satisfied. And with joy and gratitude, we fill this cup, remembering the many times Jesus poured out his love and compassion for the world. In remembrance, we will drink from this cup and reflect upon your blessed presence, a presence that overflows in our lives, invites us to bless others as you have blessed us. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts of love and grace, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as your humble servants. In remembrance of the Prince of Peace, 
we walk with you in justice and compassion as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Say it with me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, pour out your Holy Spirit on our fellowship here and all around, that we may be blessed with your love, your justice, and your peace. Pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of wafer and cup, that they may nourish us with your justice and peace. Guide us in your spirit that we may walk humbly by your side. Make us one with Christ in compassion and mercy, one with each other in justice and kindness, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes again in final victory and we feast at your heavenly banquet. Through Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, both now and forevermore. Amen. Friends, you may now take your little thing of communion. And friends, whatever you have at home, please go ahead and gather that now if you have not already. Friends, the body of Christ given in love Take and eat. And the blood of Christ given for forgiveness once and for all. Take and drink. Friends, we have been nourished by God, at least as soon as we get those packages open. <laughs> Sounds like Christmas morning every month. Friends, let us now sing the good news about being fed by God. Amen. <laughs> 